for those who were at the Building the Spirit um, the other night, last well, last Sunday night, Pastor Tony mentioned um, about the Watchman. About the Watchman. And it's important for us to understand what a prophetic watchman is and the need of a prophetic watchman. So the next two weeks, I hope to be giving you a greater insight. So let's, it says in Psalm 127, just verse 1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So God has to be over everything. Otherwise, everything we do is pointless. It's all in vain. And it'll come to nothing. But I want, if you would, you don't have to turn to it if you don't want to, but it's um, Matthew 26, verse 37 to 40. Um, it says, and this is in the Garden of, of Gethsemane, so you'll know this passage well, um, I, I, most of you. And so it says, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? And if you read on in the passage, he then asks them that question, and he goes back, and he comes back again a second time, and they're still sleeping. And then he goes back away a third time, and he comes back a third time, and they're still sleeping. The disciples were given the opportunity to partner and stand with Jesus in his greatest time of need. They were given an opportunity to stand with him, to watch with him. It was an opportunity for them to show they could stand rather than just follow. See, so many of us in church were great at sitting in church and were great at following. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. But when we're asked, but when we're, well, we're asked, to, in one sense you are, we're happy to stand, stay and follow and, and we'll go wherever the church is kind of going. But when I, you are asked to do something, to stand for something, to stand with someone and for someone, can we do it? The disciples were asked to stand, not just with someone, but for something. We're not just standing with some. They're not just standing with him because he, he, they were his mates. It had a, gr a far greater significance. We were talking about the moment before Jesus went to die on the cross. Can you imagine what might have happened if they'd have stood and prayed with him? The spiritual impact they could have had We'll never know because they didn't. And they showed themselves to 
that showed their level of immaturity and their limitations. You see, what I love about the scripture is that three times Jesus comes back. Three times Jesus comes back to plead with them to stand with him. And what I love about this is that Jesus wants our partnership. He doesn't need it, but he wants it. Jesus didn't need his disciples to to stand with him because he already knew what was going to happen. Jesus already knew. Jesus was, was I'm I'm already on the mission. But but the principle of of him asking them to partner with him is because when he went to be with his Father in heaven, they really would have to learn what it would be to partner and to pray and to intercede. And the upper room is nothing else that shows us that. And the, the New Testament is littered with, 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 with examples of how they had to stand. Sometimes it was for someone, like when their friends were in chains, or when, or for, but it's always for something for the kingdom of God. For the will, to see the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. And three times Jesus asked them, and we have, and so now the opportunity is now passed to you and I to partner with God, to make all the enemies of Jesus and bring them under the footstool of Christ. Is that not the church's mission? To rule and reign But you see, the the disciples here didn't take the opportunity to partner because they were tired. They were tired. They allowed their flesh to master their spirit. You know, the scripture says, you know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so how many times, and there are always going to be times in our Christian life when we are going to have to learn to stand. But your flesh is not always going to want to do it. And how many of us, has, has, do we, can we say hand on heart, know that there's times when God's asked you to stand and you've not stood. And God's asked you to, to push in that little bit longer, but you didn't push in that little bit longer. And we don't know what's gone on the other side because we never stood long enough. Because we never, or we were never even willing to stand in the first place. I'll just let someone else stand. It's interesting how there's always, you take, you take whatever number of people and you say, we're going to have a prayer meeting. You'll always find those who just don't want to turn up. Why? Because their flesh goes, ah. Oh, oh. yeah, re- I know I'm not saying that I'm not specifically having to go at anyone. I'm just saying in any church, anywhere. I don't think I've ever known a church where the entire, unless you've got a church of like five, where the entire church turns up for a prayer meeting. Because the flesh always takes somebody. And, but we have an opportunity to partner with our Father. And we must know when the opportunity, the, the opportunity is always now. It's never, it's never like God's never, never not asking you to partner with him. But there are strategic times when we must learn what it is to watch. And be a watchman, a spiritual prophetic watchman. In our own life. But not just for our own life. You see, I want to go through a few points and principles that will help us understand what it is to be a a prophetic watchman. 
And so we see number the first one. The watchman watches for the Lord's assignment rather than for their own agenda. If we look in Ezekiel, you can just jot it down, Ezekiel 3.17, it says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them the warning from me. There is that God has an agenda when he sets people in place. But we must be of a, a watchman is someone who doesn't look at their own agenda and what's best for my life, but they're looking at what is, be, what is the Lord's assignment. What is the assignment over this house? What is the assignment over, over my life? What is the assignment that, that is coming? What is the word that is coming from heaven? Why? Because the word reveals the assignment. The word comes and the word brings clarity and the word brings direction. Amen? So we must be people that are not so consumed with what's going on in my life. But here's, a prophetic watchman is always expectant and is looking for the word to come from heaven. A watchman is always, when, when, you, when you imagine you, you're in, you've got the castle wall saying you're looking out, you're expectant, you're waiting, and you're looking, and you're expecting to see something. You're waiting. So you're always alert. You're never asleep. You're alert because you know if I fall asleep, I might miss the word that's coming. I might miss what I need to see. Yeah? We must learn that. But it's not about my agenda. So many times, so many, I really believe that the prophetic watchman is never primarily focused on their own needs and agendas. But I'm asking you a question. Is your life surrounded by your own agenda. When you look at your, when you look at, you go in relationships, you have conversations, when you look at, when you look at everything that you do, it's, is, it all, is there always an agenda about you? What am I getting out of this? What do I want? Everything's about me. How am I going to grow? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Well, a prophetic watchman is not watching themselves, they're watching out on behalf of the people they're trying to protect. We must see there's a massive shift and so much of church feeds self. So many ministries feed self. Now, there has to be an element of self. Absolutely, you can't neglect yourself forever. You can't do that. That, That's irresponsible. But specifically talking about a watchman, A watchman's job is not to watch himself, but to watch out for those he's protecting. So when Ezekiel was made and appointed a a man, he was appointed, well, I won't say that because that's the main point. The biggest shift we must make in today's church is this. I really feel it. It's it's massive. So much. Oh, my problems, my needs. And what we do is we don't do the second thing. The watchman watches over a territory. Every watchman has a territory. When Ezekiel was made a watchman, he was given the people of Israel. So wherever the people of Israel are, the bounds of the people of Israel, that's your territory. That's the territory you're given. We are given a place and a sphere of influence and authority. And for many of us, where does that start? That's for your family. For a second, right now, either write it down or have a thought. Take a second now 
And I want you to think about all the people who are most important in your life. And the places that you have been given a place of influence. An area where you, you can influence. And, 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 and people's lives who are in some way either reliant on you but some, and people that you have a genuine care and desire for. So have a think right now. Maybe write them down. Because you've got to get, we've got to become clear what is your territory. I think. Quiet this morning, isn't it? Look at it. If I look at my territory, I have my wife, I have my son. That's my home. But I also have I have siblings, I have brothers and sisters, I have parents, and then slightly beyond that, to a degree, I have other extended family. I have where I work. That's a, that is a place I go into every day so I, I can have influence. I have an element of influence into that place. And God gives us a territory not just to be in but to fight for. As a watchman, you're fighting for your family. And we've been talking, Pastor Tony, Tony has been talking and as a leadership you will see us talk much more about the family. Now you might not have kids. You might not be married but you still have a family. And you still have a responsibility that God has given you to fight for. Everyone has something and someone to fight for. Unless we are people who have no love of anyone in our lives. And I'm pretty sure everyone in this room has someone that loves them and they love someone. So I think I'm talking to the right crowd this morning. But we are given... God will reveal to you, as he did to Ezekiel, where the boundaries and territories lies. I really feel that one of the biggest problems we have is that people try and be a watchman over someone else's territory. There's a level where you've got, you, you want to know the Lord's assignment, but actually you want to seem to know everyone else's assignment as well. You seem to want, you seem to be more interested in what's going on in someone else's life. What's going on in your family? What's the disaster this week? What's the, what's the gossip this week? Or we try to think of ourselves greater than we ought to, and so therefore we think that we have some divine right to speak into someone else's relationship or someone else's is, is, is life, when that is not the boundary given to us. That's beyond our boundary. And some of us get frustrated. Maybe we start to go, maybe we're trying to choose a career that God's not behind. Maybe you're trying to choose something that God is not... Be- if God's not behind it, he can't bless it. And if he can't bless it, you might as well be a watchman looking into fog. Because you have no idea what's, what's out there. Because it's not yours to be given. It's not yours. The assignment is for someone else. And so many times as watchmen, what I want to be a watchman, I'm watchman. It's like, it's like yes, as, a, as an elder in the, the house, there is an element where we are watchmen over the flock. But that doesn't mean to say there's levels of that. 
There's levels. But I have my own territory, which I have to fight for. I have to learn to be able to, first of all, before I look at anyone else, fight for my own wife and my own son. I've got to learn what it is to fight for my own wife and my own son first. For my own marriage. For my relations with my, with my siblings and my parents. And those that God has given me. Because there are those people who God gives you a unique access into. Would that be right? There's just some people who say, you know what, I just, it's of God and I come to you and I just, it's just, it's just I, can trust, I can trust this person completely. That is, and that's your territory. You have a territory. But you have an opportunity, but, you have, but, then, but then with that territory, we have to take responsibility for that territory. And maybe, and I, and, and, I'm, and I don't mean, you know, this might sound harsh, but as parents, a man and a woman should stand together and watch together. We have shifts. You know, when I look at my wife and I, the things that we see are different. It's like when Jake's poorly, mum will know first. If Jake's had a bad day at school, mum will know first. She just has this ability to sense stuff that maybe I don't quite have and we'll go on to that in a minute but as but we have to learn that as watchmen if you're if you're if you are a married couple we have to learn what it is to watch and fight and stand for and look out for our families because he's okay saying yeah well in the flesh in the flesh I you know I, I go out and I work and I provide and I give them a house and I give them a home and that's all very well that's that that's fine but we're talking about prophetic watchmen Prophetic watchmen, not just physical carers. We can give love, and that's fine. We can give all the best love in the world. But there's a dimension in the spirit that God has to reveal and open to us in order that we are able to go to a different level. And the third one is the watchmen watch so they can see things from afar. The watchmen watch so that they can see things from afar. There is another dimension. There is another dimension that is an invisible dimension that we must learn to access as watchmen. Because a person who can see things from afar is able to see and know the times and the seasons. So let me give you an example of my family. I'll give my family as an example, just because it's always easy to give you an example of your own family. So I've got my wife and I and Jake. Jake's about to go through a massive change and going to go to secondary school. Massive. He's also about to go through puberty. Not looking forward to that one. My wife and I, we've just moved into a new home, which in itself is a new territory. So I've got to learn how to stop when old territories keep trying to come and get me to go back to where I was. I've got to know, no, God's moving to a new territory. So I've got to learn what that territory is and establish myself and fight for that and learn what it is I need to know in that, in that, in that season, where I am physically, but where, what that means spiritually. I have my brother, Tom and Grace, Eight months into being parents, he set up his new business. I have my sister, who's on the other side of the world, 
having a life ripped to pieces and built back up together again. I have my brother, Matt, who doesn't come to church and has got a non-Christian girlfriend and is about to buy his first house. And I have my parents who are about to lose their last child at home. And if you know my mum, I'm not looking forward to that one either. And they're also about to, they're, they're now at the age of where that word retirement starts to come in. When you start to hit that sort of certain age, you start to think about it in a different way. It starts to become potentially more a realistic. So you're now, they're now having to think beyond what, what do I do when I finish work? What has God got for me on the, their seasons are always changing. Seasons are always changing. And if we just carry on with life, we have no idea what's on the other side. But a prophetic watchman knows the times and the seasons they're in and knows that they have to go into the invisible dimension of the spirit and begin to hear the word of the Lord over their territory, over their family. Lord, what is the word? What, is it, what, what do I need to be aware of in my brother's life? What do I need to be aware of in Jake? What, what, what don't I see yet in September? What's he going to face? Because a prophetic watchman knows that in a time of uncertainty, they can hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, and so they can bring clarity to every situation. We have got to stop being people that just carry on without coming to church and a Christian life, and, and hoping that because our kids are in church, then they'll be okay. Hoping that because our families don't seem to be in a crisis, and we have to, and we have to stop assuming that we see everything that's going on. How many kids who commit suicide, or they, or they go, why? And the parents have no idea. There are things that physically you and I cannot know because the physical signs aren't there. But what is going on inside, only that can God can reveal. And, and if you're not watching and we're not aware of these things, then that is when we end up living in the consequences of our lack of action. We cannot become men and women. Sorry, I've just... I wrote some extra scriptures down. Didn't know if I'd need them. And now I do. Okay. So, so to recap, the watchman can see into an invisible dimension called the spirit. They have the ability to see things ahead of time. You see, think about winter. Think about winter. We all know what winter is in Britain, don't we? It's generally in July and August and September and then all the way through back till, <laughs> apart from two weeks in May. <laughs> um, but let me ask you a question. When you know that winter's coming, you get to sort of October time, it starts to get a little bit more nippy. What do you do? You start thinking, right, okay, do I, need to do, to, do I need to buy a new coat? Have I got enough jumpers? Do I need to change the thermostat on me, on me central eating? Why? You begin to prepare so that when that really cold morning comes, you're not there in your shorts and T-shirts going a different shade of blue. It might sound logical, but you know it's coming. And so you're able to prepare yourself and your family for the season ahead. Just like as soon as people know they're going on holiday, they go shopping for shorts and t-shirt and swimming trunks and all sorts of gear. And you also buy sunblock. 
so you don't get burnt. Yeah? But also, when we know the times and, t- the, the times and the seasons, here's the thing. When you have a headache, now I'm not talking about people who have headaches all the time, because I know there are some people who have, it, it's difficult, but for your average person, you don't get headaches every week, do you? You don't get that often. When you have a headache, what's the first thing you do? Huh? Pray. Okay. Assuming you're having an unspiritual day, you take a tablet, don't you? But I've learned something. I don't always take a tablet. I go and drink some water. Because sometimes, it's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm hurt, that I've, the headache, the pain, is what I see, and the pain is what I'm feeling, so I respond to the pain. But the problem isn't the pain, the problem is I've not drank enough. So I'm dehydrated. So I had a headache yesterday. I could feel it, but I knew I'd not had enough water. So I bought a bottle, I bought a litre, I drank it, and now I don't have a headache. But not only do I not have a headache, my body is now hydrated, so I'm able to function better. You see, whereas, whereas other people in our territory, whether it's your work colleagues, whether it's your family, they see things and they react to the things that happen to them at that moment. So they, they react to the pain with a tablet. But the tablet isn't fixing the problem. Because even if the tablet takes away the pain, they're still dehydrated. And the body still won't function because all the tablet's doing is numbing the pain sensors. It's not actually curing anything. It's just making you feel a bit better. Spiritual watchmen have to be able to see beyond the obvious to see what what is ahead. And they have to see spiritually into that dimension. And just as, and what happens is the Holy Spirit is able, when, when you drink the water... Our bodies, if, the, if, we, if our bodies had no ability to, to, to absorb water into, your, into the bloodstream and to, and, to, and, to, and to send it around your body, it would just literally come in and flow out, wouldn't it? And it'd be useless to you. But our bodies have a special capability to be able to absorb the water and to take it to the right things, to, to, to absorb it to the right part of the body and to ensure that you start to feel better and you function better. It's the same when we enter into the dimension of the spirit. We look on the walls. We're looking expectant for the word. We're seeing what's happening in the people. We see what happens in your family. You see what's happening in your marriage. You see what's and you say, God, give me the word. I'm looking, I'm waiting for the word. Is what is coming next? What season are we in? What season is coming? No, people don't do this enough. And because of that, when warning and danger comes, the danger comes to your wall, but you're not prepared because you've not looked. And you don't know how to prepare because you don't know what you're preparing for. And so many of our lives, we spend so much time undoing our lack of preparation because we weren't willing to stand. We weren't willing to take our responsibility for the territory given to us by God and begin to step into that spiritual dimension. We have got to learn as people to step into that spiritual dimension. Husbands and wives have got to learn to start partnering together in the spiritual dimension, not just by being good mums and dads. Because there are plenty of good mums and dads whose kids are far away from God and are far away from them. Because bad things happen to good people. But we have the Holy Spirit that comes and brings the word for every time and every season of our lives so that we can be prepared and protected. And then the provision of heaven comes into our lives. Amen?
this making sense so far? Excellent. Right. In order for you to be a spiritual watchman, there's three things. We must learn what it is to be a shepherd, a priest, and a king. So let's look at the shepherd first. In Genesis 29.3, I'm going a bit everywhere today, so don't worry if you don't get it, if you, if you, don't, um, if you just want to write it down. Genesis 29.3 says this. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Okay? So we see the flocks, when the flocks gather within your territory, within what God has given you, the shepherds, you, would roll the stone away from the well's mouth, that which was covering the well, and you would begin to feed the sheep. And then when they've been fed, you then cover the well. What do we know here? A shepherd will guide their sheep to the place where there is water and life. When, we look at, when you look at your relationships and we look at the ones that you have influence over, are, are the things you are saying and the things you are doing bringing that person, bringing those people into a place of life? Or are you allowing your own issues, because we all have them, and your own agendas to go beyond and go before those that you have been cared for. A bad shepherd will just let his sheep wander around. Ah, oh, there's a field, there's water somewhere around here. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll put you in the right direction. It's somewhere over there. You're on your own. Or even if there's, even if there's a ton of you. There's, a, there's six of you. I'm sure between the six of you, you'll find it. Just go over there somewhere. But a shepherd knows how to unlock and open the well and bring it to their sheep. We have got to learn whether it's, whether it's, I've got, I've got, see, see, there's a different, there's a difference between speaking to my parents, speaking to my brothers, and speaking to my wife, and speaking to my son. Is that right? There's a difference. All of it, is a, it needs a different way. There is no way I would speak to my parents in the same way I would speak to my son. No chance. Because it's dishonorable. But the skill of a shepherd is to know how to unlock the well that will bring life to each person. Yeah? We've got a right course going there, haven't we, today? Brilliant. <laughs> That's all right. I don't mind. A shepherd knows how to keep the water supply clean. They covered the well. Why? Because if you leave the well open, people shove stuff in it. You allow other people to bring things into it. When you're a shepherd, you are having to also stand on the edge. We're standing on the edge of what is, what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. 
Because, because the well that you have is the well that you feed your family with. So if you're allowing, as a watchman, other people to put their junk in your well, then you don't just contaminate yourself, you contaminate the whole flock. And so therefore, that's why it's difficult. As parents, you know, when you try to tell your kids that you can't do something, and they don't see why it's wrong, well, everyone's doing it. Yeah, but there's a principle, I've got to be, I've got to be a good shepherd. And what does Nehemiah, Jeremiah 3.15, we've read it. Uh, hang on, this is one of those ones, Jeremiah 3. I'm not sure that was it there. Here we go. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. There are shepherds, the shepherds that God is looking for are those after his own heart. If you're going to be a watchman, you've got to be willing to, to, to not only to say to God, God, I've got to lead these sheep. I've got, to, I've got to show them forgiveness. I've got to demonstrate forgiveness. I've got to feed them restoration. I've got to feed them reconciliation. Whatever is required, the shepherd has to be willing to go and, and bring, him, bring them to it. The shepherd has to be aware that their own life, that's why many married couples are having issues. It always comes on the kids. Because when you've got a disjointed home, it will, always, it will always contaminate everyone. When you go into work, it will contaminate everyone. Wherever your sphere of influence is, it will contaminate everyone. But a shepherd after the Lord's heart knows how to keep themselves clean. The well that protects everyone must be clean. A shepherd knows how to guard his sheep. I mean, you'll have to look at... You only have to look at David. He took on a lion. He took on a bear. It didn't matter what came at them. They were willing to fight. The reason why you've got to know what your territory is, is because sometimes the fight is difficult. Because sometimes to watch, because you're the one, there's the wall, and there's the place of safety. When things come at the wall, you're the one who gets attacked. Because you're the one standing there watching. Now you might be able to say, something's coming, that's fine, but you're still the one stood there. So you've got to be prepared to fight the bear. You've got to be prepared to fight, to fight, to fight the lion. And you've got to be prepared to stand. And you're going to have to do the opposite of what the disciples did. Not fall asleep. But if the lion wants to come into your territory, the fox wants to come into your territory, you've got to learn how to kill the little foxes. The little foxes that try and come outside, from outside, the little foxes that try and bring their, their, their contamination in, try and sneak through the cracks in the wall. Because in every family we have it. But that's why you have to know who, you look, who you're fighting for and what you're fighting for. And what the context is. If it's not in the context of God's will, then you're, you're fighting battles, but you don't know what it all is all for. Sometimes we get so lost in what we're trying to fight for. We know we're fighting for people. I love my kids. I love my kids. I love my kids. I love my friends. I love this. But, what am I, what, what, but then I don't know where I'm leading them. If you don't know where you're leading your children because you haven't inquired of the Lord, then you can protect them. That's fine. But the attacks will just keep on coming. To be a shepherd is to guide and guard those entrusted to you in your territory. 
This is what a good shepherd does. Amen? Okay. And then we go through the priest. To be a priest. 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. A priest brings the spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God. If it is these sacrifices that open the heavens and cause the Spirit to hear our intercessory prayer. The priest is the one who goes into the Holy of Holies. It's the priest who goes in. You must be a priest in your household. Every household must have a priest. Every family, I don't just mean physical households. If you live on your own, you can still be the priest for, your, for, the, for, the, for that territory. For those entrusted in, in to you. Yeah? So don't think so literal. But the priest offers spiritual sacrifices to God that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is why this morning when we, we have to understand what it is to enter into the presence of God. You have to be able to know how to push into the, spirit, into the spiritual dimension. You have to be able to push and go beyond a song. You've got to be able to go beyond just what we tell you to do on a Sunday. Because you've got to take something with you to your home on a Monday. And a Wednesday. And a Friday. And every other day in the week. Because the seek, because if you're not doing that, then how can the word, then you're not even going to be aware when the word of God comes. When you're looking for something, like Jacob always used to when he was a kid, he always used to know when there was an airplane in the sky. I couldn't see it, but he could. As a youngster, there's a plane. There's a plane. And after a while, he even knew which plane it was. Because he was always looking. He was always seeing. He was always on the lookout for a plane. So I always looked for, you know, like when you see a plane, like and today's a brilliant day, blue sky, and you can see that sort of like white kind of cloud behind them. It's like a, like a, a line. So I always know there must be a plane there, even if I can't see it. Whereas he doesn't even need that. He could just see it. Why? Because when a watchman's looking for something, they'll find it. When they're bringing the right sacrifices before heaven and saying, this is my family, this is, use me. My, I, am, I am not my own. This is, I, my life is not my own. But, it, but, but, but I'm a vessel in order to bring protection and, and guidance to my family, to those around me. And we must have a voice to speak. You can't pray and intercede in silence. You cannot pray and intercede in silence. Right, now, if you can bear me one second, I'm just going to give you scriptures from Isaiah. There's two scriptures. Didn't think I'd write them and I remember to. Isaiah 56.10 and Isaiah 62.6. I'm just waiting for me thing to come through.
Here we go. You've got two kind of watchmen here. You've got Isaiah 56.10. Israel's watchmen are blind. They lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. And they love to sleep. For someone who does not, who is not a priest in their home, this is what the Bible says. That's the kind of watchman you become. When you don't become the priest in your own home, when you don't learn to bring acceptable sacrifices, then unlike Harry, you can't speak. But if we go a few chapters in Isaiah 62, 6, it says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent. Day or night, you who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest. And give himself no rest till he establishes Jerusalem. So they will never be silent day or night. The priest is always worshipping. The priest is always praying. The priest is willing to go to God and bring acceptable sacrifices. Whatever is required, the priest is able to go in. Because the priest, not only because, it, because the shepherd might be able to guide and guard, but it's the priest who knows how to minister. And not only do you know how to minister to God, you then know how to minister to those around you and those entrusted to you. You know, some, some of the problems with parents is, is and I, I found it because I clash with my son all the time, is it's not what you say, it's how do I minister it to my child so they receive it? How do I minister my influence? And, and when you, when you, if the Lord gives you the word of knowledge or a word for someone, how do you minister that? Well, if we don't know what it is to minister to the God who gives us the word, it's, it's in that ministering that we learn how to minister to others. Just as we learn to love Jesus, that's how, th- therefore, the, the, the heart of Jesus comes into us. We become like Christ. And then as we pour out to others, they see Christ and not us. This is the priest. It's so vital that we don't become silent and mute and have nothing to say because we've never opened our mouth in worship, because we've never looked beyond what we currently see. We haven't gone beyond ourselves. We haven't looked at what the assignment is. As a a man, I've got to know the assignment for, for where God has taken our family in the context of being built into a spiritual house. This is a spiritual house. Your home needs to be a spiritual house. In order that the presence of God can flow through. So the watchman will be the one that brings the sacrifice of forgiveness. Whatever is needed in your home, the priest knows how to bring it. That's, that's, that's the thing. The priest knows what. And the thing is, is how that operates... That's how God comes. God, what is the, how do I make that work? How do I take the situation that seems hopeless? What is the strategy in the, in, for the flesh to go out and actually do something? Because it's okay having the word, but then we must know how to make it work on the ground. Yeah? Because we don't just live in the invisible spiritual realm. We also live in the world that we see. So how do we take the spiritual into the flesh? That's 
the role of the priest. So the priest is to minister accurately what their sacrifices enable them to receive. And then we have the king. In Revelation 5.10, it says, To be a priest is to minister accurately what their sacrifices... Oh no, that's the, that's the wrong one, isn't it? I just read that. Sorry, next line. So Revelation 5.10, You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. We are made to reign on the earth. To bring that which we, we take out of heaven... The spiritual dimensions, we impart it into ourselves, into our families, into those around us. And then we learn and, we sh- and God shows us how we can reign over every domain. Over every part of your children, or every part of your siblings, of your family, or your friends, or whoever it is. Because God can't give you more territory until you know how to look after your existing territory. We want to be a church that advances the kingdom of God. We've got to be a church that know how to, how to look after what we've been given. So many people go, God, I want to reign and rule on the earth, but my own family is a mess. How am I able to sort out the rest of the world if I can't even sort myself out? If I'm not even willing to pray, if I'm not even willing to stand when someone is in need who I know is in your boundaries and yet you won't even stand for one hour. Jesus said, will you not even stand with me for an hour? Would you not watch over me for an hour? Just one hour. We've got to be watchmen that are willing to stand for an hour. Whatever that hour is, whatever that hour means, in whatever situation God gives, we have to be willing to stand. We have to be the watchmen that are forever singing, are forever praising, are forever, are forever looking and seeking and expecting for what is coming from the heavens. It's not just about, well, I'll wait for Pastor Tony to bring the word. No, because the word that is for the house is not always the same word that you need for your life, for your family's life. Some of us have been in church for a long time. Some of us only a small time. Some of us have lots of kids. Some of us have no kids. So every, everyone is different. Every, every individual is unique. And every territory that you are given, you might have similar problems, but the word comes individually. Because God knows, because the one who gave you the territory is the one who knows what is needed for your territory. And we must learn and believe that as we become God's watchmen, prophetic watchmen, you see, it's in, it's in Corinthians that the spirit, you know, the discernment between spirits. How do you discern between spirits? The prophetic watchman. Because he's prophetic. He knows how to go into the, into the realm of the spirit. He knows how to activate that he knows what it is let me ask you a question when was the last time you laid hands on you on your children or, or, or your partners when was the last time you laid hands on your family when was the last time you stood and sought after them not just and here's, here's a question for you when was the last time you pressed in for your family when there wasn't a problem we're all good at pressing in like harry when trust me our family was pressing in when we thought harry might go and i'm sure z and temby were pressing in when they thought danielle and we all, yes, and we all joined with them. And that's fantastic. And that must be. But when the sun is shining and all seems well, are we still pressing in? Because it's the pressing in there that lets you see beyond what is yet to come. And it's what is yet to come that we need to see so that we can make preparations now for what is coming ahead. 
So that we never, we have, because then as people come into the house and we want to, and, and, people, and people say, so why should I serve your God? Well, look at the families. Look at the lives of the people. Nothing takes us by surprise. We are never unprepared. We are never unequipped. Because we have the voice of heaven speaking. We have the heart of a shepherd who has the heart of God. Who keeps their house clean. Who keeps the, the pure well clean. Who knows how to lead their, their sheep and their flock to that well. And bring them water. And give them the life of the spirit. Sorry. And they know how to govern over their own territory. So you can say to Kansai, get out of my territory. You have no place in my territory. Because you've been given the authority. Because what does a king have? A king has authority. Some of us don't have, don't have authority in our own realm. Some of us have lost our influence and our authority in our own realm. And if you have no authority and you have no, and you have no influence, then your words will fall to the ground. But there is hope that if we begin now, if we can begin now in this season, right now, in this season, that as a house, we take ownership. Each one takes ownership and knows clearly the boundaries that God has given them. We can, we can move away from disappointment and uncertainty because we know where we should be and we know where we shouldn't be. Married couples and families are able to, 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 to take the, the, the distortion of the world's view of family. And we are able to stand for what God says family should be. Now, even if your children are older and grown up, it doesn't matter. Family is still family. And if you have a dysfunctional family now, there's still time to put it right. It doesn't matter. But God is calling us now. Are we willing to stand and intercede and go to war for our families, for our own territory? Are you willing to be a spiritual watchman? Amen? So come on, let's just stand together. I think we'll leave it there. I started early, so I'll finish early. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand in vain. We don't stand in vain, but, we, but for some of us, we have to be willing to stand in the first place. We have to be willing to re-look and say, what kind of watchman have I been? What kind of shepherd am I? What kind of priest? Is there a priest in my home? And if there isn't one, then you might need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I should be the priest in my home. For those of you who are married, the priests, do you come together? Do we stand together? Or do we do it individually and separately? And then wonder why there isn't the same harmony. So let's just put our hands before the Lord and say, Father God, thank you for the spiritual for watchmen. Thank you that, you watch, you're, that you're watching our walls. Thank you, God, that you're, you're watching over the city. Thank you that you're watching over our territory. Thank you, God, that you give us 
the ability to see into the spiritual dimension. Thank you, God, that you tell us things. You're willing to tell us things ahead of time. Thank you, God, that you're willing to reveal the times and seasons. Thank you, God, that you're willing to come to us in grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. Thank you, God, that it's never too late. Thank you, God, that it's never too late. Right now, some of you need to know this morning, it's never too late. Don't look, at your, don't look at the territory and go, well, it's all a mess. It's all gone. It can't be fixed. Yes, it can. For the Lord your God has said it can. But you need to come as a priest. First of all, we must come as a priest. So right now, just say, Father God, I will be a priest in my own home. I will be a priest in my own family right now. Come on, offer yourselves up. Say, Father God. Father God, I'm, I'm willing. I won't be a disciple and, and just and fall asleep at the time of need but my God I'm willing to stand this morning as a priest and offer you willing sacrifices that are that are acceptable to your heart come on begin to ask to say to Lord God forgive me that I've not been the priest I should have been forgive me that I've not I've not done what I should have done but Lord God from this day I make a new stand this morning I make a new stand I will take seriously that which you have entrusted to me Father God, come and ask God right now to say, Lord, I want to be a shepherd after your own heart. I'm going to be a shepherd after your own heart. I'm not going to lead them into, into a blind alley. I'm not going to lead them into, into no man's land. But my God, I'll lead them to the truth, to the water of life. I'm going to lead them to the well that comes from heaven, the springs of heaven. I'll lead them to where it is safe, where you guide me. Father God, give us shepherds. Give us shepherds, oh God, this morning. Give us shepherds after your own heart. Father, we want to be shepherds after your own heart this morning. Father, no more our own way, no more our own agenda. But my God, we, we come before you for your word, for your word, for your way, for your, for your life. For you are the way, the truth, and the life, O oh God. Come on, begin to start declaring it prophetically. I am a shepherd of the Lord. I am a priest. She God. Father God. Father God, let us rule and reign over our territories. Father, give us the grace and the, and the strategy to rule and reign over our territory right now. I want you to right now, I want you to begin to look, picture the family, picture the people of influence, picture whatever it is. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I will be a watchman and I will rule and reign over my territory. I will not let the enemy rob me anymore. I will not let the enemy come and, and the fox come and steal away that which has been entrusted to me. But in the name of Jesus, I will rule and reign over my territory. Come on, begin to declare it over you now, right now. See it, see it in your heart and declare it with your spirit.
No more will I stand by and let the, the enemy rob my family and rob us of, 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 of life and rob us of what is right. Let the watchman arise. Let the watchman arise. Let the watchman arise in this place. Let the watchman, the heart of a watchman arise in this place, oh God. Let the heart of a watchman arise. Oh, Father God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks this morning.